This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Breaking news, everybody. This is Stack and Pennies presented by Mobile One. We are announcing that we have an announcement on the show today. So stand by for the announcement. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Corey Joy, and I am announcing that we have an announcement today. But first, I'm joined by my friends, Jonathan Merriman. How's it going? It's going good. And back from donating, donating an organ for the cause. Donated appendix. Left my appendix at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> and dignity. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Tan appendectomy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, Ryan Flores. Yeah. Happy, happy to have you back. Hey, happy to be here. You look a little lighter on your feet. I feel good. Do you? I feel GTA good, man. I'm going to be. I am going to be. <laughs> so limber nimble. in the playoffs. For sure. I'm pretty excited about it. Yep. Uh, and then. Chuck's not here. I'm worried about him. Did he take a musket ball to the thigh? He didn't. I think he got trench foot or something. <laughs> he was What's, that? What's that on the Oregon Trail? Dysentery? Yeah. 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 He He's a little under the weather. So get well soon, Chuck. We're going to send our thoughts and prayers to him. Scurvy. <laughs> so do we just go ahead and announce the announcement? Yeah, I think you should announce it. You're going to announce it? Let's just go ahead and announce it. Uh, Dude, use your announcer voice when you heard? announce it. No, I need Chuck here for the announcer voice. Well, because I'm just going to say it like what it is. Because the announcement is that I'm going to be doing just the same thing I'm doing now for the next several years at Spire Motorsports. When you say several, give me a number. Well, it's more than a couple. So more than two. Yeah. Is it several Is several more or less than a bunch? It's a couple less than a bunch. It's okay. <laughs> it is. So, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Really am. It wasn't really a hard decision, to be honest. And it was weird to me for the last, I don't know, three months to be the hot girl at the dance for once of like people actually interested and kind of asking what your deal is and kind of like being talked about as like a commodity of sorts that you kind of bring value to the team. And it, it was cool to see just the progression of, I guess, my career and skills and just on a brand inside and outside the car from coming from what it was, right, from literally the bottom. Uh, did I say this on the podcast where the other day I had, I kept the last check I ever got paid from yeah. BK that bounced. Did I say this? Yeah. I, and then I kept, you know, I had the picture I holding side by side of the Rick Hendricks check. And I was like, just the, in the dates in between those two, I'm like, how much <laughs> have I put up with to get? <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, if I would have just stopped when this check stopped cashing, then this one never gets called. So it's just bizarre just the plans and the steps that uh, come about it. Did you ever get that BK money? No. How much did no. the Rick Hendrick, so you talk about the Rick Hendrick check, how much did that experience being in the nine car and it not going the way that you thought it would 
kind of open your eyes like, okay, I need a team that's built around me to, to stay in that spire. Or were the wheels already in motion before then? The wheels were already in motion before that, but it did show me how important continuity is and also having a group that really is all in. Like there's no there's no doubt when I go into Spire Motorsports that the owners have my back. Spotter, crew chief, engineer, car chief, pit crew, like – we are one team and there's no like pointing fingers. Oh, this guy's not doing a good job. Like there is a collective uh, understanding and mindset there that we're trying to build. Cause almost have a chip on your shoulder. We're trying, like, we're trying to build that too. It's like, that's what Sparks had. Like Sparks has that chip on his shoulder. Cause he w- grew up in Winston-Salem working at RCR. Didn't feel like that there was a clear trajectory for him to become a crew chief over there. He, decided to come work at go fast and that's where we started working and he's going to be there for uh, the foreseeable future too so i'm excited to just keep that continuity going and there's a lot of good stuff behind the scenes going with you know the gamebridge guys jumped on board and there's a lot of stuff going that's going to allow us to hire more people and get some depth and get some more technology from gm and it's easy to like chase i've been just thinking about this a lot it's easy to chase uh, you know like short money or the short dollar, right? Like, and, and forego the hard freaking work for the, the long-term compounding interest of just sweat equity with where you're at and who you're doing it with. Fast money. Don't last. Don't last. And we can, and you had a great stack and pennies analogy for the race at Richmond that I'll let you lay out. Cause it, it applies to that. It applies to a race. It applies to real life. It applies, applies to a career in the sport where, you know, I've spent and will continue to spend everything I've got to pour into where I'm at to make it to where I feel like it's capable of going and where I feel like a, where it's capable of going. Like it, it's not unfeasible for us to have a year like Ricky Stenhouse is having, right? 16th, 15th, 14th in, in points. Michael like McDowell. Michael McDowell, right? Front row. And he's been at front row. I don't know how much longer, I don't know how many years he's been at the front row, but they've had a 10-year head start to get them to the point of people, a process of just footprint overall. It's hard to get those that many people to build a strong team where we started three years ago. Yeah. And it's it's hard to find that, that good core group where I feel like we've established that. And I didn't want, selfishly, I didn't want anybody else to have it. Like, I've been freaking building this thing, so I'm going to keep it yeah. rolling. But well, it's kind of old school too, because like if you talk to like the guys that worked with your dad, right? There was guys that were that's Morgan Core's guys, right? Yeah. That was Birdie's guys. That you know there were certain guys that kind of all stuck together, and it seems like at Spire that's kind of what you guys have there, where it was just you know for a long time it's always just kind of been guys, good guys hop from good team to good team, but you've built a core group around you, and I don't know if it's that the teams are smaller now because you're not building your own cars, but it's like, it's like the Spire guys are there and they're their own kind of gritty bunch that, you know, are pulling the rope in the same direction and building something. And I think you're starting to see that a little bit more or maybe it's just cause I'm, I'm looking, it can look back at a little bit, but yeah, it's like certain guys in certain spots that, that build and stay at an organization rather than just. Well, I mean, you look at what Michael McDowell's doing, right? I mean, he's in the conversation. He's in the playoffs right now. Yeah. He's out with, with our and, and you you know he's he ran good last year. They took his crew chief right right and he's obviously 
48 and has had their for share of woes this year, but gets a young crew chief, our friend Travis Peterson. And running better than they were last year. Yeah. I mean, but that comes with, I mean, a lot of confidence built there with just understanding set up philosophies and, and how you approach the simulator. And there's a lot of camaraderie that comes through that, but there's a lot of value that, 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 uh, experience brings to the table. And, and that's what I want to get our place to. And I, and we're not far away from getting a lot, getting more consistency, right? Problem with now is we're a little bit too hot and cold qualify really well at Pocono. I made a couple mistakes. We still put ourselves in position and we, we have those weeks and then we have a Richmond, right? Where we're 33rd and 35th. Yeah. So what depth, other teams have that too. For sure. That's what I, and, and we were in our cop meeting today that went really long just cause we we're tr- like, nobody was in a good mood, yeah. right? And rightfully so. Cause we're all competitive, you know, in like those meetings where you can start feeling people start getting a little defensive yeah. and just like, like pointed comments a little bit. And there's, you know, the room's kind of full. And I was like, hang on a second, guys. We would have these meetings once every month, like of following a race where we just could not get out of every our other way. week. It seemed and, like at some points, dude, we broke something eight weeks in a row. Yeah, we are talking like we have a bad week in the span of three months, and like let's not forget how it was. Yeah, when we just were happy to finish a race. Well, so and- that uh, that makes me excited about where the growth and the trajectory where we're going. Well, and that's where you can steer the ship. Like, if you're sitting in a in a room at Hendrick Motorsports, right, you're not going to be steer the ship away from, you know, pointed comments. But when you're at a place that you've built from the ground up, you can go, wait a minute, where we're not being, we're not being uh, productive. Yeah. You know, let's let's get back to productive comments. I understand we're frustrated, but but and, and one place, you know, to transition, one place that has been totally rebuilt from the ground up, and the fruits of the labor have been showing off and showed this weekend is is rfk for sure i mean it's it's cool i just personally like to see chris busher haul ass man chris busher is one of the dudes that like he worked in the roush fab shop like he's yes he's, done, he's worked at it he's won races he's good but he's not the guy that's gonna I'm sorry carson carson host bar but he's not like the guy that's gonna wear a silly hat on pit road to get i i did see that he he brought like a guitar box with his stuff in it at Nashville, with like his gloves and his oh, yeah. ear molds. But yeah, he's just a dude, man. He just wears cowboy boots. He come in here that one day, hung out with us, hung out, and yeah, he uh, don't know what TikTok is. Don't care. He's got a farm out there in like f- Midland or wherever he's at, just doing his thing. And and also to that point, you talk about RFK's kind of resurgence this year in particular for how bad they were last year. I think when you look at the tale of two tapes. Chris Busher's and my day, the first race there, him and I were racing for 20th. Yeah. I finished 21st. I think he finished, I don't know, 18th, somewhere in there. I remember racing him around him all day. Then you go back to the shop, they get to work, they bring some different package. We bring a different package different and tire. then different tire. And next thing you know, we're two laps down in 33rd. And the guy that brought a little bit something different to the same racetrack, three months later is the guy in victory lane. That's how close the cup series is. It's like, as far as we might felt like we were off, which we were, you're talking a 10th, 10th and a half a lap, especially when it goes green, as long as he did with no time to re-rack, uh, it can make a day compound for really for good or for bad. And you talked about stacking pennies on the phone. Yeah, Richmond is, is a, per, it's exactly what 
any short track race nowadays with this next gen cars like. Yeah, you asked me like, and I feel like, I feel like we have this conversation like every quarter, and it's like, okay, how do we put the pen to paper on this was a good race? What, what but what's the like, we know it was a good race because we know from a team aspect and a driver aspect what it takes to win there. Mm-hmm. But sitting in the grandstands or watching on TV, if you're looking for Daytona Talladega type race, right? That's not it. But you said what? Okay, so what? What are we measuring to to see what a good race is? Because like on Gluck's poll, it wasn't. It was like fifty six to forty four or something. Yeah. Like that. you know, it wasn't. It was split. Which, but when you watch it, if I were to put anything on that point, I would say half the people watch racing for the wrecks and half people watch racing for the nuances. But that was, a, I mean, that was a, if you were a NASCAR purist, purist fan, that race was, it gave you everything you wanted. You had a shot there. Even if you didn't, even if Denny didn't have a shot there at the end to win it with, when they re-racked them, you still had strategy. Everybody had to play their part. You thought Brad was going to run away with it. He, yeah. he, you know, he kind of threw it away there pitting, you know, Bubba kind of did the same thing when the Jack dropped a little bit. So variables took good cars out and then busher had busher nailed everything all day long it was just consistent and up there and it was it was good it was you don't get the strategy anymore at a pocono you know it's it's back with the road courses because the stage breaks are out but you don't you're not on the edge of your seat waiting for something to happen this was like i felt like i was back in well, yeah, because 2006 you, watching a race. You get up and go make a sandwich, and you come back, and the leads change four or five times. Dude, that happened to me. Like, I got up, and I came back, and I'm like, well, the Roush cars are first and second. I wonder what strategy they're on. And I'm like, oh, it's cycled. Yeah. They're lead. Like, I thought they had just. Yeah, they were fast. They haven't They haven't been dominant cars, right? They've been solid eighth to 12th place cars. They haven't been dominant cars. But, like, so, yes, Pocono has the strategy, but doesn't have the tire fall off. So if you bisect it or trisect the stage, like if you pit once or twice in the stage, it shows up at the end and you're kind of watching. I mean, a magnified view of that was the truck race on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Like, it's but, the best race I've watched in a long time. But that's going on all the way through the field for yeah. 400 laps instead of 200 laps, right? So that's why it's a condensed, you got a condensed version of what the cup race was in the last, I, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, is he going to yeah. catch him? Is that, he going to get there? There's lap traffic. What's yeah. going to happen? That, that trucks race was in my opinion, the best race I've watched in forever. You had the, you know, between Hosevar, Majeski, and then Zane Smith. I mean, one guy drove through the back of the to the back of the field and back through the field twice. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really good. Which Richmond in particular, the action track, if you will, is the perfect perfect's not the right word. Is a very unique scenario where the rate of fall off is almost a, a strategy for the seven car, depending on short run speed or long run speed. Over the course of the amount of the length of the stages and the rate of tire fall off, you could choose two different strategies and be within two or three seconds of each other. How's the surface? It's pretty old, isn't it? I mean, it ain't North Wilkesboro, but it ain't. It's in good shape, though, right? It's in good shape, but it's just like freaking worn out, man. Like, Which is good. Yeah. It's what? It's good if you don't care about seeing guys run into each other and seeing cars back in the fence because yeah. you're not going to get that anymore. But because everybody's there's one hand over here yelling less downforce, less downforce, let softer tire, more fall off. The more fall off, the less, race you saw this weekend, which brings more spread out, 
which brings wider racetrack, which brings not many people running to each other. So the same people that are saying that we need 900 horsepower and less downforce are the ones still complaining about how the race would look with those elements added into it. But, I don't, but if you want it to be gripped up, I mean, you just wait a couple hours in a day and turn the lights on. Because that'll yeah. help it, it, but... but It depends what we're trying to shoot for. Like, the race is better during the day if you're watching it. I guess it just depends on what lens you're watching it from, right? Yeah. And if Denny Hamlin doesn't lock his left front up and pushes Chris, Christopher Boucher Tofu. out of the way on the last lap, right? People are thinking that's the race of the century. But if you can appreciate and just grow your like grow the knowledge of the sport on the on the last restart it was so fun to watch because the 17 went down there and got tight right 22 ran the top the 11 got a big run off of two like they you but you look at that and you go okay well who got their air pressures right who pumped them up who got who got their balance right for this short run mm -hmm. who worked on their car and the last two laps were condensed version of, you know, the, the guy who dominated the whole race won. But if he didn't, I think on the voting poll, the optics, it would have looked better. But it was, I mean, just watching it, it was so much fun to watch. Why do we have to, why do we have to rank it? Why can't, it's a good question. Why can't Richmond just be Richmond? Why does yeah. it need to be anything other than what it is? Yeah, because you, you don't want, you know, you, you don't want to eat dessert. Correct. All oh, every day of the week. I don't know. But that's what, but to Corey's point. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just about it you get tired of it. But I mean, and even if if every race is a green white checkered photo finish, it gets then gimmicky. None yeah. of them are as exciting anymore. Yes. Right. But, because but, the four or five we get a year that are probably more than that. Ten we get a year that are amazing finishes are offset by sometimes. Hey. Learn the sport a little bit and take some appreciation for the nuances of strategy and the software that these crew chiefs are using now to better understand, do we go long here? Do we go short? Like, And how, even though it looks like the drivers aren't in there working, you're literally on the razor edge of grip trying to keep your tires from well, that was what was so John cool forcing that straight away. about the the trucks race. I mean, and I don't know if this is just me replaying some you know, ro romanticized NAS trucks finish in my head, but... You know, it looked like Majeski was laying black marks trying to keep the truck under him while Hosevar was, was going around him. So, I mean, to get those shots of those guys coming off the corner sideways, you could see their hands sawing in there. You, you know, one guy's hooked up, one guy's trying everything he can. I just – I thought it was good. Do you but think – to Corey's point, like we're not trying – like obviously it's you, – you look at a lot of places and they, people like make a lot of money making arguments on how to rank it, right? But we're not trying to rank it, I guess – what Corey had texted me before the show was like, okay, how do we make the fans understand that that is a good race? Like, how do we get the pen to paper so they can appreciate it like we do? Um, and that's that's the tough part, right? That's why we're here doing this podcast, not to try to get, you know, clicks, but to try to help the sport and grow the sport and, and let the fans understand why it was exciting. So, yeah, how do we, how do you explain that if you don't, if you're not in it, right? That's I, the tough part. I just... I could say the you know the company line is like there's no such thing as a bad race. There's always some sort of nuance you could probably oh, no, take and appreciate, but there are bad ones. Watch any F1 race, any given week, <laughs> and I, I I'll watch the one next week. I already know who's going to win. The same guy's won nine in a row. But right? what like, if he gets like a flat tire or something? He might only win by thirty seconds. <laughs> Man, I'd hate that for him. I have to work a little harder. But like that's what we're that's what people who 
Um, I don't even want to get down this rabbit hole anymore. Dude, just, just let it go. Well, here, um, get it off. Your I'll, chest, I'll transition it's you. Off, it's off my chest. I'll, I'll transition you. So, I mean, there was a lot of talk afterwards. I think Kyle Busch said he really wishes it would have been a night race. To me, I think the day racing at Richmond is better than night racing at Richmond, but it's personal preference. What do you prefer, and what would the difference be? Because we saw know, a man. hell of a night race with the trucks, and I thought we saw a hell of a day race with the cup cars. So, they're obviously short track package is obviously a reason for concern because they're at Richmond, you know, testing. Monday and they've been there Monday and Tuesday testing. You said the driver chat was blowing up about it. I mean, what what do we do to the cars? to make a race that us three enjoyed, but what do we do to make it optically better for the fans? Get the cars closer, or what do we do? The only way the cars get closer together is with softer tires. Because if you, so what they're testing at Richmond Monday and Tuesday is what's called, they're calling it an up-down splitter, where the car in front makes essentially zero downforce. So it's make it's creating lift by itself to the point of where, the only weight that's on the front tires is just the weight of the vehicle. Then when you get behind somebody, which is the natural wake of the car, since you don't have that air pressure force under the splitter, yeah. it now creates d- downforce. So the, for the first time ever in history of NASCAR, the trailing car will have more downforce than the lead car. It sounded like from driver, it, one of my favorite things to do yesterday, I listened to every driver talk about it, and I was like, Okay, this is why they don't run real good. They, you can tell by their feedback on who runs good and who doesn't. Will Byron probably had the best feedback, I would say, that I saw. What I didn't say? get to see Ryan Priest's. Just the way he described it, and he was pretty analytical. And like, Well, that goes into what Kyle Petty was talking about, too, when he was in here. Yeah, yeah, he said he's a he's a bus a driver. Bus driver. It, but Willie Beard's the real you know, there was There was a couple guys there that were just kind of pissed off about it and kind of mad to be there. And then Noah just said it was disconnected. You know, it was disconnected in the back, and it was better in the front. Like, it was better when I got in the front. The so. best thing that I got from on Sunday night was the drive home. I thought about that on the way home driving the bus. I said, thank God I don't have to be here on Monday and Tuesday after running <laughs> dead last well, and test this son of a bitch for two more days. So how how do how are the testing drivers selected? Per manufacturer and team? Uh. That's above my pay grade, but yeah, it's there's manufacturer. there's each why, manufacturer picks one. Because why wouldn't you want the more cars out there? No, why wouldn't you want why wouldn't you want Denny and a Toyota and Harvick and a Ford? They probably I already think did there's a, a rotation. Oh, yeah. yeah, and there's some guys that just have literally clauses written in their contracts, like, "Hey, I'm not testing." Like I've heard, I have heard a couple guys have that. Like that's I'm not gonna test. Like who? Uh, the Kyle one, the, no, there's one that's always in question whether he's coming back or not. Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder if he's, he bought that boat yet. I'm sure it's a nice one. But uh, yeah, I don't like. I think that that's a. I think that's a big deal, right? Because if they make a change right now to the short track package, there's a lot of parity going into, you know, the two of the two of the biggest short track races of the year in Martinsville and Phoenix. I don't because you can argue that those two races are, you know, they're definitely. Phoenix is definitely going to decide the championship. There's no way they would make that effective this year, though, would they? The up-down splitter? Yeah. They would. Yeah. They would. If yeah. it's good, they'll they'll change it. But that, yeah. you know, well, I think that's great because, that, okay. Well, like, they also took the diffuser off the back today. Yeah, which is something that has been kind of a talking they point. They took the diffuser off? They took. They instructed the teams to take the diffuser off, yep. Yeah. Two-inch yeah. and four-inch spoiler test. Yeah, so they, 
but I think they took it off and left it off. So yeah. I think this is from just listening to people talk and listening to the guys who have been around decades, right? The Joeys and the Harvicks and the Denny's. They have been through the 900 horsepower, eight inch spoiler days, all the way down to no diffusers and no spoilers and make sure that make, let's make the car slip over when we're going straight. Yeah. It's like that level of downforce. So the cars right now make less downforce than they've ever, since they, I don't know, since they understood what air actually helps with, like 1994. When the car's not making downforce, the tires aren't being pushed into the racetrack as as much, so the tires aren't wearing out. They're just sliding. Yeah, but when they're sliding, they're wearing out, correct? They're just creating heat. Which There's a combination there. Yeah. That... So you think so you think the cars need to be you think the tires need to be softer? Well, Loudon tire was their first attempt at a softer tire and we just went faster and the fall off rate was the same. It wasn't like it took the rate of fall off and made it but it but stood it, it up. But it put rubber on the racetrack. Yeah. Because like for a long time the rubber would just turn to dust. Yeah. And then you'd run the same lane at Loudon and everybody'd get mad. Mm-hmm. You know, this time they actually moved people moved around. I and, thought the race there was pretty good. It was gonna be great until like freaking got my hose ran over and yeah. got a penalty i think we had a shot at it but uh but yeah i mean i think the richmond race was great too you ran the damn 15th lane the whole race this is the only way i can get out of everybody's way <laughs> so i like, pull man, over Corey's up there running uh, and, the and the five car, the five car was just i thought i was running the top and the five went on the outside of me i'm like oh that's the five car he wasn't very good so he's like i'm gonna go up here and practice for a sprint car race this week that's what he said and i was like all right i'll follow you for a little while <laughs> That's pretty much how that day went. I yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like I per- personally from a fan standpoint. Like it's it's hard to talk to drivers and it's hard to talk to team guys because you're always gonna want kind of what's best uh-huh. for your team, no matter how objective you are. You're yeah. always gonna have a little bit of that. But what I know for a fact is that when we change stuff and go to a racetrack and just have a 20 minute practice, that's that's when we see different winners and different teams and and a lot of opportunity for guys to do well and make your cars better like this weekend yeah you know where the rfk card the rfk cars have been considerably better but not dominant where they're running one two we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do your pennies stretch as far as they used to? Most likely it doesn't. Here's why. It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem, every new dollar makes each one of your dollars worth less, robbing you and every other hardworking American. You can stop this cycle of robbery by diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold, an asset that has stood the test of time. 
Our new sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings with physical precious metals. Now you can too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, to 989-898. With an A-plus rating, with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your free info kit by texting Corey to the number 989-898. Go check them out. Put some pennies in some gold. With all that being said, let's look at the next, what are we, five races away from four races left in the regular season. Yeah, we got Michigan. Michigan, Indy, Watkins Glen, and Daytona. Yep. How many cars are going to point their way in, and how many more winners out of that four do we get that only, aren't in playoffs? I only think I only think two guys are safe. I think Kevin's safe, and I think Brad's safe. Maybe, so you're, you're thinking, maybe Bubba. So you're thinking two more winners, like Chase uh, and Watkins Glen. I think – I mean, I agree with Denny. I think Chase could point his way in. So – I don't think so. He's got four races. He's got four races to make up ten points a race on McDowell. McDowell. See the beef with McDowell? It wasn't beef, but he kind of got a little spicy on Twitter. He's, I mean, he they're running freaking tennis. good. And it, it'd be one thing you could say, okay, I could see the nine making up ten on the thirty-four, if there wasn't two road courses. Well, well, that's. What I mean, McDowell's been a top five road course guy every he could, race. He could make up twenty points this weekend if he wanted to. Yes, McDowell's he could. been better because he's Chase has never Chase has not finished off of the lead lap at Michigan. All but two of his finishes there have been inside of the top ten. Last year was eleventh. So, I mean, he's good. I think the Chevy's going to be really good here. I, why? Uh, because they were super fast at Auto Club, and I think just, tracks like this, Fords have been good at because they don't have much. You know, they have the, the the nose that is hurting them at other places that's not gonna drag out of their car. Yeah, so I think I I just don't know, right? Who was good at Kansas? Toyotas. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's well, tough. I mean, Bubble right? was on the pole here last year. Well, Kansas, the five car is gonna win Kansas before Denny fenced him. So I mean, I. It's, he, it's, he, didn't, he didn't touch him. And Pocono. I mean, that was it's, Pocono. It's hint, no, it's Kansas, too. He 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 hooked him pretty hard. Down the back stretch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's it's going to be Gibbs Hendrick, I think. I forgot about that. Man, I, I wonder why there was a little bit more yeah, no, he's, he's, salt in that wound. Yeah. I mean, he basically – he fenced okay. him for a win he, at Kansas. He fenced him. And then he fenced him for a win at Pocono. Whether he wants to say it or not, that's not a friend. That's detrimental. That's detrimental to your friendship. That, that is very detrimental. That'd to be a foe or a, a or as um a, f- a friend amigo, an enemigo, <laughs> but an enemigo. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think Denny's right about Chase. That that was the whole Twitter beef between, you know, or what McDowell took issue with out of that out of that clip. I, I do think what? Chase can point. Yeah, his I, I was sitting there thinking how because uh, McDowell only think has Twitter on his phone. I think he just borrowed his PR guy's phone. Like, hey, let me get that for a yeah, second. Yeah. Like, hey, did you see this? But I mean, let me, you, let me you think about it. You have four races. That's eight. That's that's eighty stage points. Dude, that's opportunity for eighty stage points. But it ain't nothing to gain or lose twenty or thirty points. For sure, it's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. And you have a and and that's what's nuts about these next four races, right? Is especially Michigan, Watkins Glen. Well, Watkins Glen and Indy are going to be different than they have been. If if but they see, had, if they still had stage breaks though. That the opportunity to get stage points would be like you- – But we're still sitting here talking about the last playoff spot currently. 
if no additional winners come in. Correct. True. And you got a guy like Austin Dillon, like last year. Yeah. Thirtieth in points after that penalty or whatever. And they're he, getting better. And they're getting better. Me, like, there is legitimately yeah, twenty guys out of the playoffs yeah. that have a shot to bump who Chase Elliott. Michael McDowell, whoever is on that fringe that think they might be in good shape, are holding their breath until is coming in? off four Daytona. Is Dinger in or is Dinger out? And I'll tell you, what, I out. wouldn't sleep on like as bad as they've been this year. I would not sleep on the Stuart Haas Fords at Michigan. Well, look, even to your point, even, I want to see Harvick get back. Even at Daytona, I mean, you remember a couple of years ago at at uh, Talladega where they just. All four of those cars just stayed nose to tail. Yeah, those days are over. And Eric yeah. overall the one race. Those days are over. You think it's done? Those yeah, days. It's not happening again. But if they can, like, I, Michigan's a place where I could see, like, Ryan Priest having a day, right? He got, like, ever since he hit you, he's finishing the top five every race. Yeah. But you know, little, he just took fire, his aggression. Little, little fire under his ass. <laughs> Batting a thousand. Yeah. But, like, or or, like, you know, Eric Almarola. They have strong enough teams to where if they're well, having a good day, they week. can step up. Yeah. So I would, yeah. I don't, but then, like, road courses, you got Shane Vangersbergen back at Indy, too. I don't think it's going to be as easy treading. I don't know. Probably not. If but. he comes over and runs how he did at Chicago – Again, I'm like, ooh, boy. But you're also going to have the points later, Brody Kostecki, who's going to hang out with us next weekend. Hickey here. just yeah. said Priest touched the Lucky Penny helmet. That's what the, That's what it was. Oh. Like the Monstars, like where yeah. the, the reverse yeah. where it takes your takes your power. You should send him that as a the helmet? piece off. I like the helmet too much. Oh. You got the vi- You put the visor down. Yeah. You I got the full power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Supercharged it. But who – so, okay, so who doesn't make it? Bowman doesn't make it. Everybody that's underneath Bowman can win. I think everybody that's underneath sixteenth is not going to make. It. Bowman can win Michigan. I think that's how it works. Well, I mean, I think if you're seventeenth, I think you're out. What if you? But if you're seventeenth with a win and you're in, yeah, then you'd be sixteenth. There's no rules. <laughs> Ty Gibbs. Or you Ty can be Gibbs. in for Ty Gibbs is seventeenth. AJ is eighteenth. Suarez is nineteenth. They're backsliding big time. Too. If yeah. you get, but if you get a caution. And then we can talk about this more next week. But if you get a late caution at Indy with that turn one, I was going to say, God only knows who uh, might win. They're moving the restart zone back a little bit. It's still, it's going not going to be as bad. Yeah, but people are still going to. You're just going to carry more speed into your dive bomb. That's all that means. That means instead of taking out four cars, you're going to take take out eight. No, I think you're just going to hit harder, take out the same amount of cars, just <laughs> because you're going to be spread out a little bit. So, so more I, more speed, couple more cars, same amount of cars. Just less cars in a confined amount. You think the new front clip is gonna gonna cause people to be exited early out of that deal because no. you can't be as rough? No, that doesn't change. I mean, you you have to smash somebody to get that thing to deform. Now, what has what could happen if you square somebody up pretty hard? The front bumper will bend and it'll choke off the so the air inlet comes out of the front of the uh, radiator duct. The bumper will get in that and pinch it, and it'll cut power off, and it'll choke it way down. So you'll see some guys, if somebody gets in a uh, big accordion effect, they'll just lose a bunch of power because of that. Mm. Yeah. Puts a thumb over your snorkel when you're trying to swim. That's not good. It's not good. There's a lot to talk about on Pit Road this week. So let's get right to it. Pit Road Boats and Woes. Right after this. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop, put the phone on silent, and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get that same kind of escape any day of the week. How? By simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash NASCAR to learn more. Pit road, boats, and whoa, my appendix hurts. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's gone. It is it, gone. It, what is your recovery status at the moment? Uh, I mean, give the fans an update. Yeah, I feel like I don't. I think it's going good. I think I should be back. I did a workout, like a light workout today with our PT Pam. Shout out to Ortho Carolina. Yep, he'll get me dialed in. So, what is general protocol before you can like hit a live stop? Four to six weeks is is kind of how long it'd be. I don't think I'll. I mean, I'll, I'll obviously take any of their, you know, whatever they tell me to do is everything I'm doing, and, you know, I plan to be back in time for, I mean, I'd love to go to Daytona, but I asked if I can go be a, a second spotter at Indy. Did you get the okay? No, but I'd like Just to don't drop that. a sandwich from the pagoda. <laughs> Didn't Fedeway do that? <laughs> he did. Yeah. I think Fedeway dropped us Jimmy John sandwich off the pagoda. No more, no more sandwiches. They, they, they took his hard card. Anymore. Oof. I just wanted a... a you know, a tiger tom or whatever they call those things. You know what? An Tur a turkey tom. <laughs> Dude, Richmond is treacherous. And the, the pit road there is one of the most challenging, I'd say, from – and it beat a lot of guys, and we'll get into it. But I'd say from – All the way just to the start of it. The commitment comes hard, easy to hit there. The 45 got the commitment. The, the 10 the did commitment too. box, you know. It, but if you look at like – and it's what bit Brad, but I'd say anything from 31 on back – Maybe maybe call it 34 on back. The 41, so we'll just start with the 41. Like they are in the I, – I would argue that this is the toughest. This stall is the toughest stall in racing. There's a wall that kind of protrudes is the, out. Is it the last stall? It's, it's pit stall 40. I think they need to black it out and put the monster box there and move the, move that stall to somewhere else. You have to – right when you get – on pit road, you have to check up and make a left around the wall. So you can't come in straight or use two boxes. And what happened to him is everybody, and, and you can talk about this because I've never done it, but it looks like everybody's looking at their lights right there at the beginning of the pit road. And the 24 actually hit the 41 on the first pit sequence of the day. And it, it 
it wasn't hard, but it was enough to like get him out of shape. And he slid into his box and like threw through his box and had the back back up into it. And it's just the, for a picker guy, you can't see the car. So you're relying on your spotter to tell you like, okay, we're in turn three. You're, you're banking on them counting. Cause you can only see the roof. And a lot of times when you're standing on pit road to see your car, you're keying off of the hood. Okay. That's our hood. There he is. But you're looking at the roof and, a lot of the roofs look, you know, it's not as easy to pick out when we're a blue Menard. So it's like, okay, blue hood, yellow roof. There we are. So it's really challenging. It reminds me of when we went to the Snowball Derby and we were down there in like pit stall for you. The Remember how one. you almost had to turn around the wall to get, yeah. that's exactly what it is. So that makes it, I, I think that makes it the most challenging pit stall in racing. And then even the six car in pit stall 35, when you have to turn around, the pit road kind of. It, it, it really makes a big there. turn, but it, yeah. it gets really wide. And he was out towards the wall and was like, oh, my box is way down there. And had to make a sharp turn. And that's where we talked about. Did he blame it on the 10 or something, pulling out? or I heard he had he said some uh, something was the reason why he missed his box. I don't know, but I do have a question. I, about have, the, about I have it right here. We can watch it. So here's the six. Oh, oh, oh. I don't see anybody in his way. No. Here. <laughs> So, but, but it's this, I mean, and that's when you're, when you're in this race, when you're in these races and you're at the front, right? At that point he's leading or battling. for. Also, lead. let me add to that. It is hot as you're in the middle of a, a pit road sequence. So you're trying to get everything there yeah. you can get. It is easy to sit there on your couch when it's 68 degrees in air condition and you're eating a sandwich Yeah. to think that you, it's just all this stuff is easy. It's to, super hard. Well, so, yeah. super so I have a question back to the 41. So he qualified okay. 11th. Yep. If you have the eleventh pick on pit road, why would you pick that stall? Because like, is the is the fair? If you're fair weather, if it's good and it everything's going well, rolling time should be better, right? Because it's a clean end. But but that's that's the but you got to think you got to think about where the crew chiefs are picking from. They're picking from the lounge, looking at graphs at what is the best possible scenario for their car. So do you think right? Chad Johnson so what, ever picks that pit stall again? I don't think anybody should ever pick that pit stall again. I say this. Jonathan Hassler, our crew chief, picked it in the spring. We were down there in the spring, and it was like I had been there in an Xfinity race before, and it was like, hey, guys, this is what I've done before, and this is what we're going to – we're going to have to be freaking on it all day. And we and we had a really good day going there. Uh, we had a minor miscue towards the end, but we had a good day for that pit stall. But the crew chief is going to see it their way and kind of see the whole picture, whereas a picker guy, I'm only going to see it really from my end. And – so that, the advantage is the advantage is you only have to decel once. Yes. So the time the rolling if you're in the dead center of pit road, you have time given up from decel from pit road speed into your box. Then you have the time off of optimal pit road rolling speed from the time you accelerate back to pit road rolling time or pit road speed, right? So you're coming directly in, deceling on the pit road, and then your pit road rolling speed is the longest possible besides box one yeah and, and when you're picking it's probably pit stalls too right you three quarters of a second to a second difference yeah it's a, i mean it's a big deal when everything's fine right right but when you're when you're all coming down together and you get run into you're not banking on the 24 running in you right you're you're not you don't know you don't even know who's going to pick in front of you right yeah. that we're we're the guy that picks in front of you is going to be running that's all important stuff and at a place like richmond where it's kind of tight quarters the boxes are really wide, so it takes a it takes a while to get out there. But like the six car, when you're running in the front of these, and you're you're racing for the win, 
say that there's five cars throughout the race that are like really duking it out for the win. It's like every pit sequence, it's like, okay, there goes one. Okay, there goes another one. And it's not like major, like the wheels falling off all of them. It's losing four and a half, five seconds like the six car did just on, okay, there was three seconds they lost on the pit stop because he was angled out so far. When you get angled out like that, it's not, it's not just that the car's angled out. You got to roll the left rear tire in further, right? The rear changer's got to run around further. The gas man's got to, take uh, four, five, you know, four, take five. a take a huge step back, shuttle in the can back and forth. And then when you pull the left rear, you got to reach back and roll it back to the wall so it doesn't go down pit road. There, there's a lot of variables that slow the pit stop down, other than having to read the car, take the second to know that it's legal to pit it, add that on top of his rolling time. He comes in. And he leaves five seconds behind where he was. And that takes him out of contention to win the race. Same thing for the 23. The 23 was down there. They were in pit stall 36, opening out, but still a super challenging pit stall. And what it looked like on their deal is that, yes, the car came down with the jack, but it started, it looked like Jordan Page, their jackman, exceptional jackman. It looked like he got off the wall late because it's easy to do because they're, pit road speeds there's pretty quick and they're turning so you it's kind of blind until you see them they're on the, the cars like it's not there not there not there and they're coming around the corner and then boom they're at the jump line and if you hesitate it looked like he jumped late and kind of fumbled when he jumped and the jack came out of his hand so he got a bad set and when he jacked it up it slid off the jack post hit the carbon and that's what you know the car fell while austin the front changer was pulling the tire thank god that the tires weren't out and it fell on the rocker because if the if it falls on the rocker and it spits the jack out, you got to go get the other jack, mm. jack it up to get the get it under the the plate. And, and the same thing with the four car. You know, the four has an untimely pit stop where they, you know, roll the right front and it hits. It just barely hits the splitter and turns, and and they got to go get the right front tire. And, and it's those little bit. And that's did what they we were get them about. for uncontrolled tire? No, I don't know if they got them for a penalty. Uh, it just no. cost them a bunch of time. Cost them a bunch of time. The ten car got called for a penalty late in the race. He could have almost he clipped he clipped a commitment call. Yeah, yeah. he could have won a race. Really, he could have run. Yeah. He was fast. He could have won a race. But that's you know all, all that goes to say that you're like we talked about. It's like you are going to use the term of the show. You're stacking pennies all race long, right? And the minute that your stack gets tipped over, or maybe you just have one or two fall off the guy that's been stacking them the whole race and his stacks higher and he's just going to be a little bit better than you and you can't recover from your stack falling down it's not not in the second not in the third stage and that's what the 17 guys did all day they passed cars on the track they passed cars on pit road and when they had an opportunity i, I love to see it because those boys are definitely the dogs of the week. Dogs of the week. Um, but yeah, they you know they had an opportunity. They haven't won a race, but the pit crew has. That what? pit crew won the Daytona 500. They were Ricky Stenhouse's pit crew to start the year. Really? Yep. And they got switched. Um, I don't know, maybe about eight weeks into the season. Yeah. But ah. but some real some really good guys. You might know some of them. So Jacob Prawl. Dog. Zach Yeager's tire carrier. You know Yeager, big boy. Tattoos, oh yeah, yeah. Redbeard. Yep. Yeah, he, he dog carry tires for you. Yeah. Dalton Leonard. He's Dalton Leonard's near and dear to my heart. So when I was young, Jim Gaudette was my boss at Roush, and he was one of the guys that kind of guided me in my young career. Dalton makes me feel old because that is he is Jim's uh, stepson. So I try to look out for him because his you know his 
stepdad was one of the guys that, you know, helped guide my career and looked out for me. Stepdog. Stepdog. Yep. Nicholas Patterson. And then gas man Bailey Walker, who Bailey's been around a long time. He's been on a lot of good cars. So there it is, the dogs of the week. They seventeen boys. They, and and it's too often you see it where guys like you know, like the seventeen or or a team like that has a good run going, and something happens on pit road. Those guys are the seventeen is a top ten, maybe a top five pit crew. Like they have been all year. They've been they've been super solid. And uh, it was good for for them to even on the last of the race they had a big gap but they still came in and dropped like a nine five, and and I know the the Gibbs guys were chomping at the bit wanting to beat them off pit road, and uh, yeah they held their own they won the race and I'm super pumped for all them RFK man they're not they're I thought not I thought the pull steps. up to pit thing was was pretty cool to see, basically lapping all those cars and then having such a big delta back to Denny I thought that's it's a big deal I think it's a I think it's a good thing that the 17 gets rewarded for basically all an ass. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. But yeah, they, them boys are definitely some dogs this week and they not, now they don't have to worry about points. They're in that thing. Going into Michigan now, it is now officially for the next four weeks, the summer of gas. Is that what Snowco says? That's what I say. Michigan going to be a fuel mileage race. Is that you because go, you're missing your appendix? Does that function like that or something? It felt Does like it give I, you a little more felt gas? felt like I had gas, but appendix, flat apparently it was appendicitis but yes it's going to be strategy what fuel mileage and a little bit of drafting at daytona well yeah well which always comes down to trying to cycle to the front and being lean on fuel as possible least amount of time on pit road yeah yeah so there's no straight up pit crew battle oh but four weeks from now after daytona darlington southern 500 mm. a lot of tires let the dogs out <laughs> Think we're gonna put the dogs up and move on to the next segment. Penny for your thoughts coming right up. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And we're back. And since we lost Janie, and now Chuck, Jonathan, pick up the slack. Come on, Mary. Penny for your thoughts questions. I just threw my rundown and skipped. <laughs> Let me steal your rundown. Okay, here you go. You can have it. All right. Penny, for your thoughts. All the NASCAR asks, Corey, we saw you on your IG story with a moment there where you did a little karaoke with a fan at Richmond. What's your go-to karaoke song, and what driver has the best vocals on the mic? Well, that was a pretty funny story. So I had a couple of appearances on Sunday morning. And one was it like in a, a military appreciation booth outside that the track hosted. There's probably, you know, I don't know, 7,500 people there. And super interactive, a lot of great questions. When I'm done, I see like 50 yards away, there's a tent and some guy's belting Jake Owen. Bare ass blue jean night. And he's wearing a quarter of the Joy shirt. And I was like, no way. I'm going to go over and help this guy some backup vocals. So I go walk up behind him. He didn't see me coming. And I like grabbed the mic and he looked at me like, yo, mother, get off my mic. Hmm. So 
the guy that was kind of DJing gave me another mic, so him and I sang. It was beautiful. We had a moment. We're like we're at Saeed's on a Tuesday night. Did you call? Did you? Um, we finished the song. Did you say barefoot blue ass night or whatever? No, it was bare ass blue jeans. Bare ass blue jeans. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he gets done, and my man just leaves, gone, ghosted. You. He had no idea. He just had your shirt. He didn't. Somebody must have just gave him gave him my shirt. Probably doesn't recognize you out of your fire suit, or out of the seven cards in general. So uh, I fast forward, driver introductions, I get my name called, I'm walking across the stage, and at the end of like the line of people you're giving knuckles to and have fives, my karaoke man at the end of the line, oh, you were helping me sing, man. Like, yeah, glad you finally noticed. <laughs> I was trying to give you some love on social media, making me out to be a punk. What do you uh, think that dude just like woke up in the middle of the night and everything clicked? Like, <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, well, I appreciate him. So that didn't answer our penny for your thoughts questions. Shout out to that guy. I didn't even get his name or nothing. My karaoke song would probably be Friends in Low Places is hard to beat. Um, I don't feel like that lives in my vocal range well, though. I don't, it's hard for me to sing Garth. What's yours for us? Oh, mine would be Sweet Caroline. Because you get the whole bop, bop, bop. You get the whole bar into it. Yeah. Like you, what's yours? Eastbound and Down, Smoke the Bandit theme song. Great karaoke song. Yeah, yeah. Sing it. Will Jerry Reed? Let's hear it. No, we can't afford the copyright. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many pennies. Uh, what's what was the back end of that question? Uh, too? Who is who has the best vocals in the garage? Brandon McReynolds. Driver. <laughs> He's got a lot of practice. You know who sings a lot of karaoke? I think like Larson, Larson and Stanhouse do. Yeah. Not at Denny Hamlin's house anymore though. No, they shut that karaoke machine off. Ask all the buddies. You can see, like, that's like, you see, like, Kyle Larson at, like, Fairbury, three o'clock in the morning after a late model race. After <laughs> he just got home, carrying a cardboard check for a hundred grand, singing yeah. karaoke. Or some random <laughs> hole track in deep in Illinois. Yeah. Some, after some, winning a street stock race <laughs> or whatever the hell he's racing. 600 micro yeah. in some Pennsylvania. Yeah. All right. Red Raider fan seven. We now know how you feel about multiple races at tracks, but what about night races? Should we have more night races? I get nostalgic on Sunday afternoons, but would love to have better races. Um, so that's so it's me that hates all multiple races. At but tracks. would we have better races? Sorry, reading is my second language. Depends what we call better races, but I want to get back down to, into that path. The optics of a night race at Richmond are just better on TV. Yep. Like it looks cooler. And also, you, the, don't, no. you know, the 50,000 people that show up aren't absolutely – roasting in the grandstand. Yes. Like, I saw some poor son of a bitch in, in overalls, like Larry the Cable Guy, walking out, American hat, cowboy hat, like American flag cowboy hat, just burnt like a lobster, did, did bro. He have, did he have he the... Had, <laughs> he had the strapped hands, bro. You got and he was like 50, dude. I, I was wheeling the bus out, and he was hobbling up the left side of the road. I'm like, my man is going to be hurt. That dude did. In the, Morning. Did SPF Oshkosh Bagosh with those overalls? Uh, Listen, right. mobile one okay. is good for a lot let, of stuff, let me, let me put you can't some... put it on your skin for the race. No. I mean, it'd tan you up nice and nice and pretty. But look like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> I, what, do you, like, what races do you think should be I don't know. Zero W30 races? actually works pretty well. 
I think that an occasional Sunday night race. Would I'm be. with you. I didn't mind. I didn't. The mind good the, Lord, yeah. when Good Lord made the weekdays in NASCAR, he meant NASCARs for be to be racing on Sunday. And I now don't I mind can Sunday nights. I, I can. I don't mind the the blocks between noon and 8 p.m. Anywhere in there, I'm good. Yeah, it's tough, you know, because it's the summer, right? That it gets dark late, but in the fall, like. Obviously, Bristol night race. Darlington, they, it's Darlington. kind of a dust tonight. That's a Sunday, though. But when the, Sunday. yeah. But, like, I think Bristol night race, I, Bristol night race is the only place that lives on a Saturday night for me anymore. I could agree with that. But, like, I like the Martinsville day to night. I like, I really like Darlington day to, I don't like it when I'm standing on pit road because you can't see a damn thing because the sun sets in yep. four. Coke 600. Coke 600, Coke day, 600 to day to night. And a couple and Daytona, Daytona, that way. Yep. Bristol, and I think Daytona. I think the the finale, regular season finale, which could be the, fire, the firecracker four hundred. I Saturday. think that that could be a Sunday night race. Yep, it's a Saturday night race now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be a Sunday night race. And then now we go to uh, PSO PSOTW. So that means uh, is Ryan Priest that this week? That is PS Penny, Penny Stacker Penny Stacker of the week? Okay. <laughs> Penny Smacker of the week yeah. had a bunch of good ones. I think I'm going to give my, my guy Everett Larson a shout-out. So he, 12-year-old kid from Bristol, Virginia, uh, been just kind of helping him out. He runs 07 on his quarter midget and kept up with me on Facebook. And I bought him some new racing shoes when he needs them, and he's just kind of like grinding. Super polite kid. He Him and his family came to Spire Shop this week. Show him around the shop. Uh, he's super pumped up. He went to the seat shop, this and that. And he starts talking. Uh, he's like, man, I've been playing a lot of PlayStation. He's wanting to start racing some Legends cars and IMCA crate modifies. Okay. So he's like, yeah, I've been you know, running whatever the last Xbox game, the NASCAR. Made. Dirt to Daytona. No. Dang it. He, yeah. he said he r- runs and he's getting good at it and this and that and the other. And I was like, what about iRacing? You ever do racing? Oh, no, man, but I'd love an iRacing rig. I'm like, I got one at the shop. You can have it, bro. So I just gave it to him. So my man left the seat shop. He's like, this one? I'm like, yeah, take it. So I'm glad to see that leave that I now know I don't have to be a professional iRacer anymore. Happy about that. And I'm happy it lives at a good home. So Everett Larson's Penny Stack of the Week. Hopefully he's wearing that iRacing rig out. Before you shut us off, go wherever you got to do the five stars. Give us some five stars. Give us a comment if you're really feeling froggy. And, uh, and make sure you guys continue to follow along and keep stacking pennies each and every week. This is Stacking Pennies presented by Mobile One going to Michigan this week. It's going to be a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye.